Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through to 26. We're going to look at it in a moment. But before we do that, I want to give just a little bit of a background so that I can pick up from where I left off last Sunday. If you recall, last Sunday we looked at the importance and the value of our true identity in Christ and how this identity will change our attitude as well as our behavior when it takes form and shape in our way of thinking and in our way of believing. Why do I say that? Because identity determines behavior. Identity will determine your behavior. If we are to become fruitful disciples of the Lord Jesus in our spheres of influence, we need to have a revelation of who we are in Christ and what we have been called by Him to do in our spheres of influence, beginning with our own immediate family and then reaching outwards. When our faith matures and our commitment in Christ begins to grow, we then govern our environment through the presence of God and through us the influence of the kingdom of God is extended and established. But it's vitally important that we come into a level of maturity by understanding and knowing who are we and what we have been called to do. You know the Bible says that when we get born again we become new creations in Christ Jesus. We need to know what is that new creation. Not only did we get born again, but we received a new identity altogether. So it is imperative to know ourselves as Christ knows us. Now, what I want to focus on today is the attitude of a mature disciple of the Lord Jesus. One who has grown in faith, one who has grown in the knowledge of Jesus our Savior. How does he behave? What are some of the characteristics of a mature disciple of the Lord? How can you identify maturity? And this is what we're going to be looking at today. So we're going to look at the scriptures found in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 24 through to 26. Now, these very words that we're going to read in a moment are very precious to me personally. Why do I say that? Because a number of years ago, many years ago, the Holy Spirit used these very words to set me free and deliver me from one of the major strongholds that prevented my growth and my maturity in Christ. These are the very words the Holy Spirit used 
and spoke them directly to my spirit, brought conviction, and with the conviction brought freedom and deliverance. We're going to look at a part of the life of Moses. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 24 through to 26. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Notice what Moses did when he became of age. In other words, when he was no longer a child, when he matured as a man, this is how he responded. First, he refused a false identity, then chose affliction and suffering rather than indulging his flesh or enjoying the passing pleasures of sin. Thirdly, he esteemed the reproach of Christ or the sufferings of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. And finally, he looked for a reward that was eternal that came from God. This marks a person of maturity in Christ. He, all of these acts, refusing a false identity, an identity which was placed on him by the courts in the palace of Pharaoh. Then, the word says, he chose. When you mature, when you grow up in Christ, you begin to choose wisely. You don't make foolish decisions because you are a mature man. You are a mature woman. And then you begin to value what is really valuable. Not the temporary things of this world, but the things that carry eternal value in the light of eternity. And finally, when you grow up, you begin to look for that reward that comes from God and not from man. That marks a person of maturity. Now, all of these acts that Moses did were acts that were born of a mature faith in God. He was no longer a child taking refuge or hiding behind a false identity in Pharaoh's courts. Maturity enabled him to come out into the open, identify with the people of God, even if that choice would bring affliction and suffering. Now, that's not something an, an immature believer or, a, or, or a, a Christian who is a babe can do that. You need to grow up. You need to get some oomph in your backbone. And notice, even though that identity would have given him privileges and position and status in Egypt as a prince of Egypt, he chose rather to suffer affliction rather than accept a false identity. Now, what we witness here in Moses is an attitude of someone who came of age. An attitude of a mature person in the Lord. Let me make this statement. Before we embrace our true identity in Christ, 
we must first refuse the false one. You can't truly embrace your true identity unless you take off the false one or the old man, as they say, and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the one who created him. Notice what the scripture says. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In the courts of the palace of Pharaoh and in the whole of Egypt, Moses was known as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. That was not his true identity though, you know that. His lineage, his birth, were from two godly people from the tribe of Levi. And because his mother was afraid that he would be discovered and killed, she put him in a basket and put him in a river and was found by Pharaoh's daughter. So knowing him and being called as the son of Pharaoh's daughter was not his true identity. That was something which Egypt put on him. But when he came of age, he refused and rejected that identity, even though that identity gave him a lot of privileges. And he said, no, I am no longer a son of Pharaoh's daughter. I have aligned myself with God's people. Even if aligning himself with the people of God would cost him a great deal of affliction and suffering. Now only a mature believer can do that. Amen? You see that? Now Moses came into the realization of who he really was and embraced the true identity of his birth and heritage in the Lord, even though he knew that his decision would cost him a great deal. Accepting his false identity would have given him some great privileges, as we, as we just said. Accepting false identities in our life, which the world places on us, will keep us from growing up in the Lord, definitely hinder us, in our fulfilling God's purpose for our lives. And we will end up ultimately forfeiting our Christ-given inheritance. Now, <clears throat> let me say this. Many believers today struggle under the yoke of a false identity. That's why so many, even in the church, will seek identity in so many other places rather than in the relationship with the Lord Jesus. Now, these identities that we so often accept, they have been given to us by the world, by the culture that we have been raised, by our upbringing, sometimes by our very own teachers, and even by our very own parents. As a result, if we receive them and believe these identities, because remember, identity determines behavior. If you believe deep down in your heart you're a failure, then you will continue to fail. Why? Because you have believed a false report about you. The Word says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. When you believe these foreign identities and receive and embrace them as your own, the result, you will be filled with condemnation, with guilt, with shame, and have deep issues of rejection. Many people today, even in the house of God, even though they've been born again, they've never been able to deal with issues of rejection. They feel unloved, rejected, inadequate, weak, 
And you will hear them saying often, I'm, I'm just such a failure. I'm such a loser. I am, I'm, I'm worthless. All of these names don't belong to the new creation in Christ Jesus. They are foreign identities that they have been placed upon us by the world system and the culture that we have been raised in. And we need to come to a place where we start rejecting them and refusing these false names and identities and embracing our true identity in Christ who we really are in Jesus Christ. And I know this, these identities will continue to haunt us and torment us until the day we come of age and begin to push back, push back and refuse to be known or identified with anything else other than the identity the Lord Jesus Christ gave us through the new birth. This is such an important subject for us to really grasp and learn and begin to walk in it. When we accepted Christ by faith, listen to this, we also accepted His death and resurrection. Not just the resurrection, but also His death. The Bible says that we have died with Him. When you received Christ, you received him by faith, and by faith you received not only his life, but also his death. The Bible says, in him we died to sin. Now, the question arises, who died? If I have died in him, who died? The old man, with all of his weakness, with all of his failures, with all of his rejection, with all of his sickness, with all of his disease, and with all of his mindsets. When Christ died, the old sinner that used to be died. That's why the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is what? He is a new creation, all things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, everything that belonged to the old man, from his race, from his nationality, from his past, from his future, and the judgment that was upon him was done away with and buried with Christ. Gone. Never again to be seen or heard. We're going to have to accept that by faith. Amen? We are no longer worthless. Something happened when we got born again. That worthless old man that used to be died with Christ, and a new man has risen in Christ. We're no longer failures. We are not sinners. We were sinners, but we got born again and we became the righteousness of God. Now, what does that do to your confidence when you really believe that you are a victor, that you are the righteousness of God, that you are God's beloved, accepted in the beloved, loved unconditionally? What does that do to your faith? Does that draw you towards God or pushes you away from God? Amen? We're no longer the sick or the poor or the victims or the downtrodden. And we need to get rid of this victim's mentality. 
Amen? This failure mentality, this worthless mentality, we need to let it go because it belongs to the old man and the old man died with Christ. Amen? Now, nor are we any more victims of our upbringing, but we are new creations in Christ Jesus. So many people blame the past. I'm like this because I grew up in a home like this. I am like this because I've been abused as a child. And on and on and on and on. They're blaming the past or they're blaming other people for the way they are today. But when you come to Christ, all of that died with Him. You've got to let it go. You've got to bury it. You've got to rise above that. Amen? That is so important to embrace the new identity in Christ and to know yourself as Christ knows you. Amen? But before you do that, you've got to put away all of those other things. These false identities. And that is what Moses did when he became of age. The Bible says he refused that identity. I will no longer identify as being a son of Pharaoh's daughter. I'm no longer the grandson of Pharaoh. I am from the tribe of Levi, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, and I am aligned with God's chosen people. I am no longer worthless. I am no longer a sinner. I am no longer uh, a victim. I was, but something happened to me. I got born again and I became a new creation in Christ. Who am I now? I am the chosen. The Bible says you are a chosen generation. The Bible says you are the royal priesthood of God, a holy nation. Wow, that is our identity. That is the real you. I am, the Bible says in Christ, not only are we chosen, but we are also sanctified. What does it mean to be sanctified? It means that we are set apart for God. We are His. God puts His stamp on us. And he says, you are mine. That means you are sanctified. You're a saint. All of the letters addressed to believers in the New Testament, they address to saints, not sinners. Amen? Beloved of God. Who am I? I am the beloved of God. I've been accepted. I'm not the rejected one. God loves me and he accepted me into his family. I am his child. He is my father. What have I got to fear? Whom am I going to fear? God is with me and God is for me. He does not judge me. He has forgiven me. Who is he that condemns me? Christ has sanctified and justified me. When we think that way and believe that way, there's no room for guilt. There's no room for shame. Amen? We are the redeemed of the Lord by the blood of Jesus. This is our true identity in Christ. So stop beating yourself over the head. Start believing who you really are. Then there are other identities besides these ones that bring condemnation and guilt and shame that have been placed upon us by our culture, by our even our school teachers, our upbringing, and sometimes even by our parents. Never say to your children, you are useless, you are worthless. Ever. The Bible says the children of the believer, of the Christian, they are holy, they are sanctified through your faith. See them with the eyes of God 
and love them unconditionally. Encourage them, bless them every single morning. Lay hands and pronounce the blessing of the Lord upon them. They are precious, they are loved, they are accepted. They're not useless, they are priceless. That's who they are, that's who we are. Then of course there are these other identities which give us a sense of false pride, false security, leading us to trust in foreign entities rather than trusting in God. And you'll know, many today will seek identity and security in their denomination. What are you? I'm a Methodist. Oh, are you a Christian? <laughs> I'm, a Method are you, I'm a Catholic. What does that mean? That means they have confidence in a false identity. They have confidence in their denomination and in their religion rather than in Christ. Amen? Am I right? Or others seek identity in their nationality, and they're very proud of it as well. I can tell you some of that. Others seek identity in the culture, many more in the wealth that they have accumulated. They find security because of the accumulation of wealth, or the titles they added next to their name. And I, I see some names sometimes, Dr. Ph.D., Reverend, Bishop, Apostle, Prophet, you know, all of these titles... There's nothing wrong with titles, but once you begin to find identity and security in titles, then you are finding security in a false God. Amen? A mature believer, though, will only find his true identity and security in Christ alone and in his or her relationship with him. They refuse to be identified with anything or any other one that might give them some kind of recognition, status, privilege, or security. There's a beautiful hymn that we sing sometimes in church, and I, I love that hymn. It's called, In Christ Alone. That is where our security ought to be. That is our true identity. I am a child of God, and I am known by that, and I refuse to be known by any other name or any other identity. Because any other identity will limit us, will enslave us, and keep us from God's very best. Now, I'm going to share a little bit about my testimony, so to bring something to the forefront and make a point. I was born and raised in the traditions of the Orthodox Church, being Greek. You know, for Greeks, being Greek is being Orthodox. If you're not Orthodox, you're not Greek to them. So I was raised in that religion and in that <coughs> culture. And the two most powerful identities in my life was my Greek nationality and my orthodox way of thinking. My beliefs and my worldview was formed and fashioned around being a Greek and being orthodox, even after I got born again and baptized with the Holy Spirit. These were very strong in me. And, and as a result of that, I began to... All my life, I discerned and viewed everything through the lens of my culture, my nationality, my denomination, and was very proud of them. Now, let me say this. 
There's nothing wrong in identifying with your nationality or your particular denomination. But when that identity isolates you from the rest of the body of Christ and brings division within the body of Christ and within the unity of the church, then it becomes a problem. And that's what it did with me. When we esteem culture or nationality above kingdom culture, and above kingdom values and beliefs, we have a major problem in the way we live our life and in the way we view life. Our worldview begins to be twisted rather than seeing things as they really are. The Bible says, listen to your true identity. Find with me, please, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through to 28. Galatians 3, 26, 27, and 28. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. When you put nationality above your Christian belief, then you are placing confidence in something other than your true identity. The Word of God says there is neither Jew, there is neither Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? Our fellowship in Cape Town was firstly named the Christian Greek Assembly. When God began to show me this revelation, the Greek came out of it, and we named it Alpha and Omega, Inclusive. We opened our hearts and our doors to all nationalities, whether you're Greek or not Greek. But not before I was set free from that bondage, from that stronghold. Now, the identity we should cleave to and the identity we should embrace with our whole heart is the one of being a son and a daughter of God. Who are you? I'm a child of God. Period. I'm a Christian. I'm Christ's disciple. You know, whole wars have been fought over denominational differences, and you can testify to that. I'm telling you, whole wars have been fought over this. Gender differences, cultural differences, great splits have come out of that, which hurt the heart of God and, of course, the body of Christ. And today, the body of Christ is riddled with division today, and all of that comes from spiritual immaturity by clinging, to, by clinging to these false gods and false identities. But we want us to be like Moses. We grow up and we refuse and we reject every foreign identity, and we embrace our true identity and being in Christ alone. Christians, children of the living God, born of His Spirit, having the life and the nature of God within our spirit. Now, I recall how I spend more time defending my orthodoxy than preaching the gospel. I literally argued with people, fought with them, defending my orthodoxy. <laughs> this false identity not only caused me to argue with others, but isolated me from the rest of the body of Christ where I would refuse to go minister to people simply because they were not Greek. <laughs> I mean, how blind can a person be? If I had not been delivered from these false identities, rejected and refused them, I would not be sitting ministering to here to you today or being in the house of Peter and Emma. 
That's why I say false identities will always limit us, enslave us, oppress us, rather than release us and give us the freedom of the Spirit. Now, I, I, I would just point blank refuse because they were not Greek and they were not Orthodox. Yet, this is what strongholds do in our life. They prevent us from coming into maturity because our faith and trust is no longer in the Lord, but in some other thing which we received security or identity from. Now, I would literally fight, and I did, to keep my Orthodox identity until the day the Holy Spirit and God in His mercy opened my eyes through the verses that we read from the book of Hebrews. And from that day, I refused to identify with orthodoxy anymore. I refused to identify with a denomination that has blood on their hands because they persecuted the prophets and the apostles of today that are sent to them to show them the error of the ways. I'm no longer an Orthodox. I am a Christian. Are you Greek? Yes. But my nationality is second to my citizenship as a Christian. Amen? I'm sharing my own testimony because some of you may not, you, you don't come from that staunch or culture that is so in inclusive or exclusive of other people. And so it's been, a, it's been a wonderful thing for me to experience this kind of deliverance from false identities. Listen to what Paul said in regard to this very thing, because he went through the same experience, the Apostle Paul. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 3, and see what he says about this very thing that we're talking about. Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 3. Paul says, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ, yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. What Paul is saying here is there was a time that Paul found his identity and his security in the law, in his Hebrew heritage, in the tribe of his ancestors, and for the sake of those things, he would persecute Christians and kill them and jail them. He was so uh, intertwined into that. That's what gave him identity. That's what gave him a sense of pride. Hey, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was circumcised the eighth day. When it comes to the law, I'm blameless. I'm perfect. Now, 
All of those things were giving him a sense of false pride and a false identity. But when the revelation came and he was born again, notice what he says. He says, those things that I considered precious and valuable, now I consider them as rubbish for the excellence of knowing Christ my Lord. He says, all those things I trusted in, they were just rubbish. This is, this is where the true value is. He says, my boasting now is in the Lord. My righteousness is in the Lord. And I received my righteousness through faith in Christ, not through the law. I now boast in Christ alone. Wow, what, what, a, what a transformation, what a change. And, and, and that's why I say that we need to know what are we finding security in? Is our security truly in God or is it in something or someone else? Is it in our wealth? Is it in our status? Is it in our education? Is it in our culture? Is it in our, uh, our, our nationality? Where do we find identity and where do we find security? If it's not in Christ, it will crumble and it will cost us dearly. We need to refuse all of those things and embrace Christ alone. Some people would try and find identity in their friends, in others. You know, they would like to mix with the right people, dress the right way. <laughs> you know, if you're not wearing some, uh, what do they call them, uh, shirts, polo, that, that's the symbol of status, you know. <laughs> Nonsense, you know. It, it, it is so foolish, yet so many of us, even in the church, do that. Drive a certain car, live in a certain area. There's nothing wrong in that, unless you find some false identity or false security in those things. Amen? If we are going to boast, God says, you're going to boast in me alone. Listen to what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah 9.24 But let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. So that tells me that if we're going to boast about anything, amen, then let us boast that we understand and we know the Lord. Thank God I know the Lord and He knows me. That is true boasting in the Lord. All other boasting is excluded. Amen? Now, <clears throat> that's why I said before we fully embrace our true identity in the Lord, we must come to the place in our walk with God that we rid ourselves, reject, refuse all foreign and false identities the world has given us. Or we may have given it to ourselves. The inner image of failure, the inner image of weakness, which we have inherited from sources outside of the Word of God, must be torn down by exercising the spiritual weapons the Lord has given us. It is, it is who you really believe deep down inside you. That's, that's, that's who you are. And you can believe a lie, but to you it's truth. If you believe a lie, to you it's truth. Amen? 
Now, only then can we, I believe, experience true freedom in the Lord and become the kind of people whom God wants us to be and bear much fruit in the kingdom of God. So the Lord has given us powerful weapons uh, so that we may, um, we may root out, we may pull down, and we may destroy these false images or false identities that somehow have attached themselves on us. You know, I'm worthless. I'm a failure. I'm a sinner. I'm just such a worm. I'm weak. I'm sick. I'm poor. No, you're not. Because you are a new creation in Christ. Get to know yourself who you really are. And when you believe that, you begin to act like it. You walk into a place with your head held high, not, not out of false pride, but humility, understanding who you are, knowing who you are, not intimidated by anyone's gifting or, or personality or popularity. You, you don't, you don't um, uh, begin to compare yourself with others because you're so secure in yourself and you know who you are, that you're loved and accepted in the Beloved, you don't have to compare yourself with anyone else. You're just being you. Amen? That is true maturity in Christ. Confident in who I am in the Lord. And when you are confident in who you are in the Lord, no one can intimidate you. You're not afraid anymore. You're not insecure or you're not threatened by someone else who might be more gifted or more intelligent or more educated because you know who you are. And you have come to love yourself in a healthy way and have a, a good, healthy self-image in the Lord. Then you can begin to influence others. What I want to, uh, to do in closing uh, this message uh, today is that I need to ask some questions from every one of us. What is the Lord calling us to refuse and reject today? What is that, what is that image or that identity that perhaps you've been believing about yourself or bowing to that has nothing to do with who you really are? Is it insecurity? Is it failure? What is it? Is it um, what is it that drains you from courage and weakens your spirit or fills you with guilt or shame? We need to confront these issues because you will never be free from what you do not confront. Sooner or later, you're going to have to face up to it. If it's insecurity, you're going to have to face up to it. If it's fear, you're going to have to face up to it. By running away from it and hiding from it and bowing to it, you're never going to be set free from it. It took me many years to be set free from those things that I've mentioned to you. It didn't come overnight. But in prayer and in seeking the Lord's face and in studying and reading His Word, Finally, the grace of God opened my eyes and I saw, hey, 
this is not me, this is not who I am. And I began to refuse that identity and reject it because it caused division and isolated me from the rest of my brothers and sisters in the Lord. We need to, we need to rise up and, 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 and ask ourselves, what is that lie that I've been believing? Amen? And, and putting myself down. God will never put you down. He will never condemn you. He will always, when God speaks, it's always encouragement. He will encourage you. He will say, hey, you are my child. What are you, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you, why are you so anxious? Why are you so stressed out? Why are you so troubled? My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, I give unto you. You are my very own child. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to look after you. That's who you are. That's who God is. Amen? There's a beautiful picture and and, an instruction from Isaiah. And in closing, I want us to look at that in our own Bibles. It's found in Isaiah chapter 52, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah chapter 52, verses 1 and 2. Powerful verse of Scripture. Speaking to us, speaking to you, speaking to the church. Listen to what it says. Awake, awake. He's talking about spiritual awakening here. Wake up. You've been believing a lie. You've been bowing to the false identity. That doesn't belong to you. Wake up. Awake. Awake. And then he says, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. Reject that old garments and put on the new garments of who you really are, the righteousness of Christ. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust. God is not going to shake you. You shake yourself from the dust. You rise up and begin to refuse and reject those things that the world has placed upon you. And he uses those things to condemn, to make you feel worthless, to make you feel weak, to drain you of your courage and your confidence in the Lord. Put them away. Shake the dust. Dust speaks of destruction. Shake it off. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Sometimes we're waiting for God to do something when God says, I'm waiting on you. Take my word and begin to rise up and shake these things off of you. Come of age. Believe who you really are. Don't accept the lies of the evil one. Believe the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for your word that comes to us, giving us life, strengthening our confidence in you, and teaching us what to embrace and what to reject in the name of Jesus. Lord, I decree and declare today that your word shall not return unto you void, 
But the word that has been proclaimed today will bring the desired results in the hearts and minds of your people. Give us understanding and give us revelation, Father, and help us to understand who we really are in Christ Jesus, that when we got born again, a new creation has been born. Teach us to know this new creation like you know us, that we are the accepted, that we are the beloved of the Lord, that we are the forgiven, that we are, Father, the redeemed of the Lord. And in Christ we are no longer weak, but we are strong. In Christ we are no longer the victims, but the victors. In Christ, Father God, we are the accepted and not the rejected. I pray that this inner image may take root in our minds and in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.